The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Well, good morning. Happy Saturday morning. Welcome to the Saturday brunch edition of No Credentials Required, where you don't need a press pass to talk sports. We're presented by Belly Up Sports in association with Godzilla Media. And to my right is a man who just had a very spectacular, fun birthday at Hooker Island. We've got Dustin Henry. <laughs> Dustin, how are we doing today? <laughs> doing all right. How about yourself? My reservation doing- at Hooker Island was, you know, took months to book, but I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you have an in with Hunter Biden, but oh, uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but we won't go into that. But I do I do want to wish uh, Dustin, he, has, he, had his, uh, he had a grand birthday this week. Uh, he, t- he turned the big four zero, so I want to say uh, happy birth, happy belated birthday to Dustin, my co-host. So, uh, thank so you very much. Happy sir. birthday! Hope you hope it was a good. Uh, hope we had a great birthday, and you know, have, have, here's so many more. Yeah, thank you. I, I kept it low key. I, you know, I didn't do too much for some reason. Forty was bothering me, but uh, here I am, and uh, I'm good to go, <laughs> and I'm ready for. <laughs> Ready for many more. Ready to get into it. I understand you filled in. You filled in on uh, Snowman in the morning this week. How was that? I I did. We'll get to that in just a moment. But before we do that, I just want to remind everybody about our social media channels, which are right down below here: uh, Twitter, Instagram, and the scarcely used TikTok at NoCredsReq, Facebook.com forward slash NoCredsReq, and on YouTube, it's YouTube.com forward slash NoCredsReq. If you're watching live or on replay on either Facebook or on YouTube, please do us a favor and smash that like button. Smash it responsibly. On the podcast side, subscribe to our podcast on whichever podcast platform you are on, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Google Play, iHeartMedia, TuneIn, wherever you podcast, Subscribe to us there. Also, leave a rate, leave a rating. Five stars is always the preferred number of stars to to go with. And also a review. If you leave us a review, I might even read it on the air, no matter how nice or how mean, cruel, disgusting it is. I'll I'll read it. I'll, I'll read it on the air because <laughs> I'm not because we're that kind of show. And since this is a live show, we want you to engage with us, Dustin. I know you've been away for a while from the from the from the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know you've been waiting, itching. You, you've got itching ears, just waiting, just waiting for the uh, uh, for this particular for the particular chimes. Oh yeah. And as I said, this is a listener. In, this is a uh, this is a live stream. So engage with during the show. We want your comments, uh, whether you're watching on Facebook or on YouTube, uh, whether it's on replay or live. Leave us a comment. That way, people know about this. Uh, people know about this particular program. And we have Dustin and I have a lot of fun. We bring in special guests uh, from our net from our from our certain networks, and uh, we just uh, we have fun. Now, I I love talking sports with Dustin. We you know, but whether it be here on this format or outside the format, when we get together and just uh, chop it up, 
whether at my house or Justin's house, we always have fun talking sports. Yeah, usually eating food of some kind. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. But yeah, the, the, so this week we we had to postpone our usual Monday recordings, our Monday live stream, because I was covering for the Brian Snow show, and uh, my buddy Brian Snow, Snowman, who has been on this program before. Uh, he was on with us actually a couple weeks ago. We were talking all sorts of subjects, and I got to cover. He went on vacation, so I covered for him on Monday, on Wednesday, and on Thursday. Uh, so that, that uh, those programs are available on his YouTube channel, which is Snowman Multimedia. Go check it out. And I usually have my I have my usual uh, coffee with McCarthy appearance on Monday. It was an extended version, a little late because I was working. I was doing some work and working overtime because we had a day off from work. So. Has a little extended edition, and it was a fun time talking about why the Yankees are terrible right now. And <laughs> we'll get into that a little bit more. But first, we want to dig into a local topic here in the Albany area. The Albany Empire has officially fallen. Uh, this happened last Thursday. Uh, I guess what happened was that uh, Antonio Brown, the team owner uh, extraordinaire, I say that loosely, <laughs> He was slated to play last week in their home game against, I believe it was Jacksonville. And he said some comments that were pretty, that were, that were pretty detrimental to the league. I would say he, he was saying that I don't care about the uh, national league. I'm not talking about the national Arena league. We're going to the AFL. We're going to the arena football league. And let's set off a, a, a myriad of phone calls between the national and arena league owners. And on Thursday afternoon at approximately, I'd say about 1 PM Eastern, the national arena league announced that the Albany empire membership in the NAL has been terminated for a myriad of reasons. Um, most notably is that they failed to pay their league man- mandated league fee in May. And I believe the amount was about $20,000. Every owner kicks in $20,000 at the beginning of the month. And Brown didn't, the April fee was paid. The May fee was not. And they decided to not go with the headache anymore and say bye-bye to the Albany empire. So there's a lot more to the story, but Dustin, I want to hear your impressions first of, of, of the, uh, of this story. I mean, to me, and you and you hate to judge, you hate to say anything, but I think a lot of us in this area had a feeling that when he took over the team, that it wasn't necessarily going to go that well. Um, you know, I did see a clip of in an inter- in interview that somebody was conducting it looked like it was at the arena but it was on social media i can't remember when i saw it but it was last week and i believe and he was talking he said uh he was saying like i'm antonio brown ab doesn't pay anybody i'm hoping that he pays me but i'm antonio brown i'm not ab like the this was during the interview and I'm sitting here and I'm going, I, there is something wrong. Uh, first, first of all, he needs to get help. Um, we, I think a lot of, I've offered, I've offered it. I've said, I've, we, we both, I have better help. You know, I have a better help subscription. I'll give him two free weeks. We'll give you two. We'll give you four free weeks between the both of us there, AB. So sorry, sorry. Go ahead, Dustin. Yeah. But I mean, (laughs) 
I think a lot of us who followed the NFL for an extended period of time had suspicions that he was not the same following that that Vontez perfect hit. And I think he's clearly something he's suffering from something. So I hope he gets help because his antics and what he's doing are are affecting the lives of other people. And that mm-hmm. and that's what um and that's what the most important thing about this story is. There's been issues with payment to players. There's been issues with payment to coaches. Coaches have been hired and fired within the span of a week. There have been people locked out of their hotel rooms when they're returning. Uh, just a lot of a lot of terribleness has happened. What do you take over the team in March? He officially well, he was brought on board in March. He was the he was a he was a minority owner. So he owned 44 See, So local ownership, the court, uh, Mike Corda, who is the uh, founder and president of Techies fire water restoration. Yep. He owned 50. He owned, he was the majority owner up and he owned 51% of the team. The other 44% was Antonio Brown. And the other 5% was the Von Schiller family. Uh, the Von Schillers are, were season ticket holders of the Albany empire. They decided to invest in the team last uh, during the middle of last season, uh, they own 5% of the team. But during week one at the, uh, during the home opener, uh, Antonio Brown's walking around the field uh, with no credit, with no press credential, by the way. So no credentials. <laughs> re- so apparently no credentials are required in the at MVP arena. If you're the yeah. owner, yeah. No, there, there's your name drop for the show. Uh, <laughs> um But he's walking around the area saying, I own the team. I own the team. I'm the owner of the team. I, I own all the team. And Mike Quarta decided, I'm out. I had enough. I'm going to sell you my share of the team f- to you for one dollar. And apparently, he hasn't seen that. Re- allegedly, he still hasn't seen that dollar yet. And it's oh, now June, it is now June 24th. So now Antonio Brown owns owns 95 percent of the team. There's not, and then a few weeks later, there's a story on TimesUnion.com by uh, Abby Rubel, who was a brilliant reporter unfortunately she's left the company uh, she's left the times union which is a shame because she was doing god's work uh covering the albany empire for as long as she did uncovering the the sort of details about who actually owns who actually owns the albany empire with with um, antonio brown's share uh it was a whether it be him and he himself or antonio l Allah express enterprises or some ridiculous name. We're still trying to find out who Antonio L. Allah is, by the way. Uh, so, yeah, I, I have a feeling it looks like uh, it looks like Hake- he looks like uh, Akeem from the uh, Twin Towers <laughs> from the WWF days. <laughs> oh, maybe uh, you know, maybe that's what he was trying to explain in the interview I was I was uh, watching or the clip I saw. But who knows? <laughs> yeah, but now we come we come to. The Albany Empire getting kicked out of the league. Players are being locked out of their hotel rooms again. They're scr- those who can't afford to go back home are scrambling, are scrambling to find a place to live. And I guess people have been, fans have been offering their homes, their RVs, apartments they own, places to they've offering them places to live while they try to get money to go back home to their respective homes. Because I don't know if you know about this, Dustin, but. A lot of players aren't originally from this area, yeah. <laughs> which is a shame. I mean, some 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 players have signed with other teams, other players who are basically rookies or have come. This is their first time 
in the uh, playing professional football in the arena ranks, uh, they're earning basically pennies, 250 bucks a week uh, per game. And that goes towards their rent. That goes towards their food. They get a per diem for food. But now that's gone. And things got worse on this week as it was reported by News 10 uh, that the, the the last head coach of the Empire, Mo Leggett, Mo I, and Maurice Leggett, I know him. He's a great he's a great dude. He played with the Empire back in 2019. Uh, great dude. He was the last coach. The, he retired, became the coach of the team. He came out and said that his last paycheck was taken back by the by the payroll company and it was not only just him who had his money to come back it was also several players who had their money had their last paycheck from their last game also taken back with no explanation no no sense of recourse the reporters journalists have been trying to find out through antonio brown's accountant through the lawyer through his lawyer through the paycheck company through uh the team president well then now team president and there's been no return call no comments nothing and things just this just keeps getting worse and i I talked to my sister about this uh yesterday as we're both getting ready for work and i said to her antonio brown is the fire fest of professional football owners because he's promising so many things if you haven't watched the any of the fire fest documentaries whether on hulu or netflix don't watch them now but go yeah. watch them on your spare time. They are brilliant examples. They're brilliant examples of making promises and not delivering on them. Mm-hmm. And you hear Antonio Brown with all his braggadocio, all his, all his, all his, uh, uh, his bravado, saying, "I I provide jobs. I'm giving these guys jobs, and I'm bringing I'm bringing joy to fans." When you're not paying your players, you're locking them out of hotel rooms. You're because of pay because of pay check snafus he is he's he's making all these promises with no delivery he is the fire fest of professional football owners oh it's a shame it's a shame no it is and and that's and that's the thing and it's not as if he doesn't have the money that's what makes it that's what makes it even worse well you say that (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that is true. I don't know about his dealings. I don't know if he's uh, as savvy as one Beast Mode, a.k.a. Marshawn Lynch, was during his playing career. Marshawn, uh, I've talked about it before because I just found it, you know, it's very smart because people people judge a book by its cover a lot of times. I mean, I you know, I've been guilty of it. I know everybody has at one point or another judged a book by its cover. But Marshawn famously, he lived off of endorsements and uh, and and other other deals that he had made. He did not he he did not use his NFL salary to live. So uh, Marshawn's probably doing just fine. Yeah, no, I, I mean that's that's actually a really. I think there was somebody else who did. There's a lot of players who do that. I think Gronk did that. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, he did that, and there's another player in the NBA who, who lived basically. He got a, a decent contract. He played at Syracuse University. My his name escapes me, you all son, but he was uh, he he had his mother ha- handle his money, but he deferred a lot of his money until later. 
in his mm-hmm. career, in his career. So he did a wise job. And th- there's that documentary, uh, the 30 for 30 broke. Oh yeah. Which talks about play, which talks about athletes losing most, if not all their money within the first two years of their contracts. Uh, this also reminds me of, remember if you, I don't remember if you remember John Spano who tried to buy the New York Islanders back in the day, but it turns oh, yeah. out he was a gigantic fraud. He was, a, yes. he was uh, convicted of wire fraud and he, he was saying he had all this money, all these assets to buy the New York Islanders. And it turns out he had absolutely, absolutely. Hey, 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 uh, Bishop Bullwinkle. Uh, yeah. <laughs> did John Spinos have the money to, uh, to buy the New York Islanders? That would be the answer would be no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a 30 for 30 on that as well. Yes. And that was, that was a yes. very good one. That's a good one too. They don't, um, they don't have enough hockey documentaries on but uh, those, 30 for 30s. Those <laughs> Islanders 96 uniforms, they didn't, they didn't have it. Uh, the, the Gordon's Fisherman. <laughs> yeah. You know what though? I'm kind of I'm. I, I think they for the retro or the the retro or uh, reverse retro this year they embraced the Gordon's Fisherman back because right, okay. it was panned for so long. We're getting off topic here at the Albany Empire. Uh, yeah. Moving on to the New York Islanders, but it was panned for so long. They still, but the fans still love them. Like mm-hmm. I personally like the Gordon's Fisherman. If they had Stan Fischler's face as the Gordon's Fisherman, I would have appreciated that more but yeah, yeah the, you know the, everything the, old is new again eventually and we yearn, uh-huh. i as 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 we get older we yearn for nostalgia and that's what and that's what makes this even more aggravating because albany albany can support a local arena team everybody yes. remembers the fire we've proved it we've proved yeah. it. everybody remembers the firebirds everybody remembers the first iteration of the empire in 2018, 2019, before the league went under. That's another story for another day. Uh, but I mean, they weren't, I, mean, I wouldn't say they weren't getting a lot of support uh, in the 2021, 2022. I mean, 2020, 2021 was a COVID year. Yeah. And uh, sorry, C O V I D year, uh, where it was limited access. Uh, you had, I guess, later in the season, you were required to wear masks in the arena. 2022, things opened up again. Uh, but they still had lower attendance than usual. I think part of it is the operating costs. I mean, Mike Quarter was losing money, was losing money, he, and he didn't mind at all. Yeah. He didn't mind losing money because he wanted to bring excitement. He wanted to bring a great product back to the Albany area. Granted, it wasn't it wasn't in the league that was the Arena Football League. Yeah, but it still resonated with the fans. You still had, you still had your own arena fo- indoor football team. They won two consecutive national and league championships off the strength of, of just a, a top down system uh, where the coach, the GM, uh, the coach is the GM. He's bringing in players. They, they, there's not really a salary cap in the NAL. So um, they can afford to pay salaries for certain players who are more experienced and, they were able to do that, and they went up winning two two championships out of that. But then, ten days before the season, you fire that you fire that particular coach, GM. You have the offensive coordinator fill in as the as, as the head coach. Things seem to be doing well, it's business as usual until until the Tuesday after Week One, where Antonio Brown takes over the team full time. 
and he starts getting his hands into everything really kept uh, firing coaches uh suspending players without pay because they complained that they didn't get paid even though again as i explained probably about a month ago the mo- what you could have done is go into your players and say listen we've got with change in ownership we're having a payroll uh, payroll turnover your checks will be their paychecks will be delayed you know hang in there instead yeah. of doing that he just said bye-bye to the players locked them out of their hotel rooms let go of the head coach they bring in they bring the head coach who was there before back he coaches one game and says i can't do this anymore i'm gone brings in a local high school football high school football head coach who also was played for the albany firebirds back in the day was one of the original albany firebirds pete porcelli he's he takes a he takes a demotion after the first after his one and only game and they and they have and they have um Maurice leggett retire and coach there and now he's gone he's you know he's complaining that his paycheck got taken back so yeah, this is gonna this is gonna get ugly. This is yeah. going to get very ugly. Now, Bob Belber, who is the GM of the MVP Arena, he's get, I guess he's I read this morning he's getting ready to sue for default because because of the uh, the lease is up this year for the Albany Empire. The lease is up. There's a three year lease, and that lease is up by the end of the season. Uh, at this at the end of the season. Unfortunately, we don't have a season anymore because of foot yeah. because they got kicked out of the league. So I suspect that he's getting ready to sue Antonio Brown. Several players in the last coach are going to sue Antonio Brown. I'm pretty sure the players who got who got kicked out, uh, who got released, the eight players who got released, and the coach who got released, they're getting ready to sue Antonio Brown. Which leads me to which I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go solo real quick, Dustin. I just I, I have to I have to announce this. Yeah, go ahead. All right. So Antonio Brown, uh, I'm pretty sure you'll you'll see this clip on social media, um, or you, or you won't, whatever I don't care, or you'll watch this live. I'm gonna make you an offer. I'm gonna make you an offer you can't refuse since you're since it seems like you're hard up for money right now. I'm willing to buy the intellectual property of the Albany Empire, and my bid is, and I wish I had a drum roll for this. <laughs> my bid is one dollar. Actually, you know what? No, not not one dollar. Um, I'll give you three dollars and fifty cents, aka tree fifty. I will give you tree fifty, three dollars and fifty cents, for the intellectual property of the Albany Empire. Uh, that includes the logo. That includes all the branding, the colors. Uh, I will buy the intellectual property of the Albany Empire. I'll take that off your hands for the next owner, who will treat this team and this city better than you have over the last three months. In the short time you've been here, which you've managed to burn to the ground, you have burned down the empire. I will pay you $3.50 for the intellectual property of the Albany Empire. And again, that includes the branding, that includes the colors, that includes the logo, that includes the website and the uh, and the Twitter and any social media accounts. I will pay you $3.50. Have my lawyer get in touch with your lawyer. <laughs> you know, it sounds like a pretty good offer because he's going to need money from wherever he's he can get it. Uh, oh yeah, I mean, based on like, how many people are coming for him. I mean, don't forget there was that report of uh, right after he became a minority owner of the Albany Empire that he owed some jewelry company in Florida a bunch of money for jewelry he was loaned and then didn't return, and he's got. A baby mama looking for thirty thousand dollars in child support, allegedly. 
Yeah. So he he owes a lot of people a lot of money. Yeah, he's he's in some trouble. Uh, you know, back when he was on the Steelers, he was very entertaining to watch play on the field. But uh, it's one of those cases where he has people are gonna. It's almost to the point where people are going to forget that he even played. They're going to remember him for this stuff yeah. uh, because the scales have tipped wildly in the other direction now. Uh, and and let's not forget the, the the this is a relatively minor issue compared to all the others, but it's it's still something he he built fans into coming to the arena because they they thought he was going to suit up, you know, and then he didn't. It was it was an obvious attempt to try to boost attendance. I don't know what he was, you know, I well, don't know what he was trying to do. Well, the two thousand extra fans that came into the arena that night, those tickets were free. Those were giveaways. They oh, were giving yeah, away, they were giveaways that. to first responders, police, EMTs, firefighters. Those were given away. Yeah. So they didn't count you. in the books. Those are going to okay, count as a you. tax write off more than anything. Hmm. And if I if if I'm an arena football league executive and Antonio Brown comes up to you and says, I want to bring Albany. I want to bring the fire. I want to bring the firebirds or the empire or whichever iteration of arena football team to Albany. And I want to join your league in 2024. This is the exact response this is the new element. Dustin I'm bringing in. Oh, oh boy. This would be my response. If I'm, an arena football league executive and Antonio Brown comes to me and proposes an arena football team for 2024. Bitch, are you <laughs> that should be the response of every single arena football executive. If Antonio Brown comes to them and says, I want to put a football team in Albany. Yeah. Because yeah, I don't see how you could possibly Pun intended, given that clip, but I don't see how you could possibly get in bed with Antonio Brown. There's no way. No. There's no way. No. Nope. You know, and it just it just goes down to respect, too. You want to be in the AFL eventually? That's fine. But mm-hmm. show the respect to your current league and your current players and prove to everybody that you can run a team efficiently before you go marching to the AFL. Yeah. He got rid of all the people who were running that team like a like a finely tuned ship. They got rid of Mike Quarta, who was the owner. He said, I'm out. I'm selling my share for a dollar. They got rid of Matt Woods, who was the team president, and he was doing his doing awesome things in the front office. They got rid of my buddy Jeff Levac. Uh, from who is now on the back on the radio, by the way. So uh, take a listen to his show with Levac and Gaz, uh, three o'clock on Monday through Friday on Fox Sports 980 uh, in Albany. Shameless plug. You're welcome, Levac and Gaz. <laughs> but he was the media director. Uh, but he came back to the area after the Columbus Lions sh- uh, sale fell through. Uh, so he got a, Antonio Brown got and he got rid of the uh, social media uh, director. He called him an an R word. Oh jeez! He called literally called him an R word on social media. If you can't figure out what R word the R word is, it's not it's it's yeah, exactly what you think it is. 
So he's now Ben Nelson. He's now in Orlando doing so. He's doing the social media coordination down there for the Orlando Predators. In fact, a lot of guys from the Albany Empire went up in Orlando. Uh, Darius Prince went up in Orlando. Brandon Cisse went up in Orlando. Um, Dwayne Hollis, he's in Orlando. Uh, Coach Ware, who was head coach of the team in Week One, he's now in Orlando as the offensive coordinator. So it's a shame. It's a shame. It's a shame that this is uh, this is happening in my hometown and. The biggest shame of it is that when people th- say, when you say arena football in Albany, people are not going to think of the Firebirds. People are not going to think of Eddie Br- a touchdown Eddie Brown, his dad. They're not going to think of, um, they're not going to think of Mike Pulowski. They're not going to think of Mike Perez. They're not going to think of the Albany Empire. Uh, they're not going to think of uh, Malachi Jones, uh, Tommy Grady, Rob Keefe, Les Moss. Uh, they're going to think of Antonio Brown. And it's a shame because it's, it's now it's a blight on our city until someone else comes along and rescues us from this nightmare that has been that has been uh, the supposed goodwill of one Antonio Brown. Yeah. 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 So we're going to move on to brighter topics now, <laughs> even on this rainy, on this rainy Saturday morning here in the uh, capital region. But we're going to move on. But first, we want to give a quick shout out to one of our spon- one of our affiliate sponsors on this edition of No Crunches Required, the Saturday Brunch Edition, Mahler Brothers Golf. Uh, we all want to look good in the golf course, but it often comes at the expense of, of feeling good. And Mahler Brothers Golf has polos that look good and feel good with their lightweight and stretchy material that hugs your body. You will feel cool while looking just as cool. Their polos are guaranteed to make you look better, but it's up to you to golf better. On a hot summer day in the golf course, is no polo that you would rather wear the Mahler Brothers signature polos and look and Dustin before I came on, uh, look, I'm wearing one right. I'm actually wearing. Oh, there you go. Mahler Brothers shirt right now. Look at my yeah, muscly like arm. that. Look at my muscly arm. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's got the Mahler, It's got the logo right there. That's some definition right there. That's a, I like the color on that. It's nice. Yeah, it's a great color. It's it's, it's funny. It's a funny story. I, I ordered a a polo. Uh, and it came in the mail, and I put it on, and it was like it was like putting on a rugby jersey. It was a little too tight. So, actually, what Josh did, and this is a this is the service you're gonna get from Mahler Brothers. Josh reached out to me personally and said, "Hey Ryan, I just want to I just want to ask, how's that polo fitting?" I said, "Well, I may have gone a little over my skis and ordered uh, a size a little bit too small." <laughs> <laughs> so he said, "No problem, I'll ship you out another shirt." And I'm I got it yesterday in the mail, and I figured, all right, I'll wear it during the brunch edition. So. Uh, so you can get your Mahler Brothers polo shirt, but in addition to polo shirts, they have other uh, other things like uh, like uh, like T-shirts with a loud design. Uh, they have mugs. They have tumblers, hats, anything, everything, anything you want to make your golfing experience better. So if you go to MahlerBros.com, that's M-A-H-L-E-R Bros.com, use promo code BellyUp to save fifteen percent off your order. You'll get yourself some. Really nice, really, really great uh, polos with great material, moisture-wicking, hugging material. Makes you feel cool or you look cool on the golf course. But even if your game sucks, at least you look good. <laughs> so there you go. Muller Bros, MullerBros.com. Belly up at checkout for 15% off your order. So let's move on to Major League Baseball. And Dustin, the topic, the hot topic of Major League Baseball the last week or so has been the Cincinnati Reds. 12 wins in a row. They've come out of nowhere. They currently occupy first place in the National League Central. 
Did you see this coming? <laughs> I didn't see it coming. Not not 12 wins straight. But I did notice if if you remember a few weeks ago, and 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 I wish Wonko was in the chat because I remember asking him, I said, Wonko, why haven't the Reds called up Ellie De La Cruz? Why haven't they called up some of their some of their talent that they have in the minors? Because the Reds, let's face it, for the last like five or six years, they haven't they haven't been very good. And as a result of that, they've they've got some some high some relatively high draft draft picks and good prospects in their system. Mm-hmm. So everybody was everybody was saying that the Reds had a lot of young talent. However, I didn't think that when they called up Ellie De, De La Cruz, he would have this type of impact. He is on my fantasy team. For those who are wondering, I stashed oh. him. I stashed him a few months Look ago. Look at you! Look at you! Uh, but but <laughs> but I also this is just. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me, we talked earlier in the year when we had Eric Arditi on the show. We talked yes. about Adley Rutschman's impact on the culture in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. And I think Ellie De La Cruz in his young career is having a similar effect. He hit for the cycle last night. He yeah. went to, he went four for five. He yep. I saw after the game, uh, they asked the fan, you know, they they had him interviewed, um, some parts with an interpreter, some parts not. And mm-hmm. uh he was just very thankful to be there, very happy. Said said the Reds had the best fans in the world. The cr- the crowd were getting behind him. And you couple this with Joey Votto returning and, yeah. and having uh I, I'm very happy for Joey Votto. Now, part of me wishes that. You know, Joey is what's he thirty? Is he thirty-eight years old? Maybe. Uh, let me check. But go on. It's crazy. It's crazy to think that Joey Votto is possibly younger than me because uh, <laughs> I I just can't I <laughs> I just can't uh, square that. But I am Joey Votto's thirty-nine years old. Oh, you're he's old, you're, older, you're older than him. He he has his birthday's in September, so he'll be forty in September. So you're just a skosh. Yeah, just a, just Votto. a little bit, just a little bit, Joey. Well, Joey, you're looking good. Happy to see you doing well because you played you played for the Reds when uh, they weren't they weren't very good for the last few years, and uh, so it was nice to see him. He hit two home runs last night. This this Reds team, it was that I had heard it was the longest streak. Uh, the the last Reds team to win twelve in a row was like nineteen fifty seven or something like that. Uh, so and not even the not even the nineteen ninety team that won the World Series had that kind of a winning streak. Yeah, that I mean that's impressive. Um, but I think he has done a little bit to shift the culture. And they also have uh, Andrew Abbott is a talented, talented pitcher. They just called up. There are rumblings that they're going to call up Christian Encarnacion Strand, who is kind of like one of their next big prospects coming up. So to answer your question, I knew the Reds had some young talent, but I did not see this coming. This turnaround has been something to witness. And you can tell they're all having a great time playing together, which I think is which I think is key. And then and then not to uh, not to get into it too much here. But you can tell, to my opinion, the Yankees are not having fun playing together. No, it's very sad times in the Bronx where we are all crying. uh, We are all crying. Uh, pinstripe tears, but there's always one thing to remember, Dustin. We have to, <laughs> I have to play his PSA from Wise El Jefe. Oh yes, 
The following is a public service announcement from Wise El Jefe. Boston. This has been a public service announcement from Wise El Jefe. So we just want to get that out there, just lest you think that we're 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 just bashing the Yankees. No, we have, yeah. to, we have to get that. <laughs> but I'm looking up the uh, the Reds' longest winning streaks, and this is actually the fourth longest winning streak in Reds history. The last time they had won 12 games in a row was 19 was in 1957. Mm-hmm. They are two games away from tying the the uh, all time team record of 14 games. And Dustin, you want to take a guess as to when they won 14 games in a row? Ah, uh, let's see. Well, if the last time they won 12 was 1957, I'm gonna th- I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a, a limb here and say it was 1935. Nope. Oh man, are Keep we going. going 18? Yep. Oh, see, I was originally gonna say something ridiculous like uh, <laughs> like 1892 or something, but I. I I don't know. July 26th through August 12th, 1899. They won 14 oh, games in a row. Man, I should have I should have gone with my first And and, and don't forget the te- the Cincinnati Reds are one of the longest tenured teams in Major League Baseball period. Yeah. Only the Atlanta Braves are are have been in existence longer than the Cincinnati Reds. And speaking of, I mean, what's most impressive about this win streak is that they're beating some of the best teams in baseball. They yeah. beat the Braves last last night. They beat the Braves. Yeah, they swept the Houston Astros. Granted, they just got Jose Altuve back, but it's still the Astros. Mm-hmm. The Astros are still a, a a good team, and they swept them in Houston. That's the most impressive part about that particular one. About that particular sweep, is that they swept Houston in Houston. And yeah. a couple of those games were close, and the last I believe it was the last game was not very close at all. <laughs> no, and, and the thing is, too, um, that they were down, I believe, and I, I didn't see all of the game last night, but I saw some of it. They were down 5 nothing to start that game, and the, and, the, and the Reds came all the way back to win that game. I think it was 11-10. So, so they're feeling it right now. Yeah. They've got the they've got the confidence that they can overcome any lead. I I mean, uh, I don't want to get I don't want to get too um, I don't want to credit him too much, but I I think that Ellie De La Cruz, along with some other players, are having the impact that Adley Rutschman did on the Baltimore Orioles and people close to Baltimore and people that are more educated fans of that team. They they have said repeatedly that that Adley Rutschman went a long way to turn that culture around, and I think I think uh, we got a similar thing going on in Cincinnati um, this year. And I also and granted we're not at the All Star break early. I mean they we're no. not at the All Star break yet. We're right. it's not the halfway point. It could they'll probably come back to earth a little bit, but I I think. They they have a shot to win the NL Central. I mean, I looked yeah. the Cardinals. The Cardinals are where the Reds have been. No offense to Cincinnati fans, but the Cardinals are in dead last in that division. Right. If if my memory's right, and you do not expect to see the St. Louis Cardinals down where they are, but they have they there's been some some interesting decisions regarding the promotion of certain prospects and then putting them down, and then yeah, things are not. 
things I haven't seen many of the Cardinals games this year, but things are not necessarily okay in St. No. Louis there. No, and especially with some of the players they have, like Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado, uh, and also Jordan Montgomery, who had a pre who after after the trade deadline when he was traded from the Yankees, had a pretty good had some pretty good outings for the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I believe they were one of the did they go to the playoffs last year or no? I'm trying to remember if they did or not, but it, I want to say yes, but that's only because the Cardinals usually find a way to make it into the playoffs, even if even if the team isn't isn't uh, the greatest. Yes, they did go. The, they did go to the wild card. And they got swept by the the, the Phillies. They were oh, the three, yeah. They were the three seed, and the Phillies were the six seed. Yeah, that's right. That Phillies run that I still I still can't Incredulous. believe it happened. Incredulous. I still, I, I was to last year. I remember they fired like uh, Joe Girardi, and I'm like, they fired oh, Joe man. Girardi, and they and they promoted Robbie Thompson. Yep, and that's I all it still, took. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and I still think Joe Girardi is a good manager, but I think he does. After a while, I think he wears out his welcome a little yeah. bit. I think he he's good with young teams. I think I remember that that run he had with the Marlins where they had a bunch of young players and he kind of got them playing well and stuff, but he, mm-hmm. he only lasted a couple of years there because I think he, his management style is so, uh, you know, I don't know if you want to say it. It could be sandpaper. Yeah. Yeah. That, that he kind of, a little too, little too sandpaper, a little too sandpaperish. Yeah. Still old, like him. Very though. old school. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, look at what Tony Russa did with the, with the Chicago Red Sox in 2021. Unfortunately, he, he resigned halfway through last year. So you yeah. know, it's it's uh, to see what this Reds team is doing is pretty incredible. Mike Berlon from Craft Brood Sports. I know he's a big Cincinnati Reds fan. He's he's particularly very excited. Um, pretty sure he has a giant Reds uh, boner right now. But uh, <laughs> for his team, sorry, sorry, mom. I didn't mean to lose that language, but uh, <laughs> I know they're I know they're both watching. I know my mom and dad are both watching, not live, but probably on replay. Oh, um, OK, but right. hey, good Hello. for them. Good for them. So, so let's move on. We're going to talk about the New York Yankees, and I addressed this on Snowman in the morning back on Monday, and I also addressed it on the Brian Snow Show on Monday, and how the Yankees have been bad. And the weird thing is, now here's the weird thing: they're still in third place in the AL East. They still occupy the final wild card spot as of right now, but the uh, but right behind them are the Toronto Blue Jays, who are going to get healthier uh, eventually. Um, yeah. We'll see what happens if there's any managerial changes in their future. But there's something about this Yankees team, and I don't know what it is, but they can't generate runs. They're start outside of Garrett Cole. Their starting pitching is yeah no subpar, and even their bullpen has imploded a bunch of times. Michael King has not looked anything like the pitcher he was last season or the season before. So, Dustin, I want to get your take on this. What's is there a short-term solution to the Yankees' problems, or is this something much deeper? I I want to say, well, the well, the short term, the short term is uh, Aaron Judge needs to get back in the lineup. You know, yeah, you know, it it almost bolsters the case that the amount of money that, that the Yankees paid to keep him is worth it. Because if any, if I'm Aaron judge's agent, I'm kind of licking my chops. Cause I'm being like, Hey, you want to see how valuable he is to this team? Look at your record right now. Yeah, exactly. But, but 
That's why I got. That's why I paid him forty million. Yeah. So that's the that's the short term solution. But long term, you just said it. Outside of Garrett Cole, the Yankees have struck out pun not intended on pitching the last few years, and it just even when the Yankee teams and and I'm going to sound like a very pessimistic fan right now because there's a lot of people to to calling to fire Boone and all that kind of stuff. I feel like I feel like the hashtag fire Boone has been around almost as long as he's been manager of the Yankees. I feel like it's always just every year people fire it off. Do I always agree no. with the decisions he makes? No. But do I think he's a terrible manager? Not at all. And 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 who else are you going But the thing here is pitching Pitching has been, even when the Yankees have been good and they've had these offensive juggernauts, what has cost them? Pitching. Pitching. Nestor Cortez is not pitching to the level that he was last year. You trade you trade for Frankie Montas, hurt. You trade for Carlos, Carlos Rondon, who – when is he going to suit up for the Yankees? No, hurt. he was a free agent. He was a free agent signing. Oh yeah, that's right. He was a free agent from the Giants last year, right? Yes, I think he was on the Giants. They, they, the, the Yankees signed him a year too late. They should have signed him last year. Yeah, really, because uh, he was on the White Sox before that, I think, and the Giants yes. went and got him. So, but it always seems like the Yankees are lacking in pitching. Even even Severino, Severino at times has looked good when he finally takes the mound, but. When's the last time you thought, oh, Severino's going to give us 15 starts? No, he's no, he's missed extended periods of time. It just pitching is their problem until they can figure out the pitching because you've said it right now, they can't generate runs right now. What helps you when you can't generate runs? Good pitching, they don't have that. So, I'm looking at the injuries uh, report on ESPN. So, Louis, Luis Gill threw off, threw off a bullpen on Friday. He's, on, he's been the 60-day IL since May. Frankie Montas just started beginning his uh, throwing program on Tuesday. He's not going to play this year. He's on a 60-day yeah. IL. Jonathan Lewisaga, uh started a throwing program <laughs> last week. He's on the 60-day IL. Carlos Rondon will make a next will make his next rehab start for Somerset tomorrow. So he's on a 60-day IL. Willie Calhoun just went to the 60-day to the 10-day IL. And uh, Nestor Cortez uh, went to the 15-day IL, and he's roughly a week away from throwing the mound. So part of the problem is injuries. Injuries, I mean, yep. Look at look at what happened in 2017. We thought Yankees fans thought Aaron Boone was brilliant because with all the injury problems the Yankees had between ev- in in every aspect of their lineup, between outfield, infield, starting pitching relief pitching they had injuries but they still kept winning games they still managed to win games i don't know how by what force they did but they did they kept winning games they went to they won the east it was i think they led the i think they led the majors when and man games lost they had over two thousand games lost yet they managed to win the al east running practically running away with the division uh, obviously, we saw what happened in 2019, the ALCS, when uh, Chapman gave up that home run to Altuve. You know, where, yeah. uh, where's my garbage can when I need it? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I, th- Aaron Boone has never been the popular choice for manager of the New York Yankees. 
has not been since he was hired in at, at, during the 2019 season before the 2019 season. We the fans' choice would have been Don Mattingly. Unfortunately, he's now a bench coach with Toronto, which is very strange. Uh, but I, I just think I if the Yankees don't go to the playoffs this year with the third largest payroll in baseball. And granted, injuries are nothing to sneeze at. You have to mm-hmm. deal through, deal through. You have, but you have to go through injuries. You have to go with the lineup you're dealt. Yeah, I think. I think. And this is a Ristradamus thing. <laughs> making a Ristradamus prediction. Here we go. There it is. There it is. Fits on the day like today. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I think. I think if the Yankees don't go to the playoffs this year, I think both Aaron Boone and Brian Cashman are. Why did it loop? I didn't program it to loop. Jeez. Well, it was right. perfect timing because you said <laughs> and Brian Cashman and, the, and Brian and the Cashman. Clap. Okay. I I think they're both. I think they're both gone. Whether wow. whether they resign or they're fired by by Hal Steinbrenner. Uh, Cashman's been with the team for almost thirty years, yeah, but I think his has. magic is starting to run out. Um, Aaron Boone is obviously not a popular manager amongst the fans. His, and I think his, like Joe Girardi, his time is starting to, I, I think his time is starting to run out uh, with this, uh, uh, with his, with his managerial style. And again, we're, he's, he's relying basically on analytics and has absolutely, I don't feel like he has a feel for the game. Yeah. Period. Okay, I mean, I will, I will agree with you there. I think you could be right if people are frustrated, and I know it doesn't make sense because I just said that I don't think he's a bad manager, but I will say, and it, and it kind of, you know, it dovetails with, as you said, our previous conversation just now about Joe Girardi. He has been with the Yankees forever. I mean, he, he's been around. And I know it wasn't the case, but it almost feels like he retired as a player and then stepped right into the managerial role. Mm-hmm. That's how long. That's how long it's been. And like I said, I know that wasn't the case, but he's been around for a long time. If it would surprise me that Cashman would get fired, uh, I never, I never considered that possibility. But you know what? I think it's. I think he has been he's he's had as long a leash as anyone. And I know that I know that under the George Steinbrenner years, it was always every year he was threatening to fire everybody. If the if the boss was in a certain mood, he was threatened to fire everybody every year. But Cashman has stayed the 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 course. He has weathered all those storms and maybe maybe the winds are getting too strong for him to hang on anymore. And maybe, you know, I did I did see, I did see some clips. Did you watch uh, the documentary that the captain that was that came out last year? I, about- I haven't, but I've been meaning to. Oh, it's a good one. But but if you get around to watching it, let me know what you think of Cashman in that because there were parts where I I he mentions I believe now I'm going off the dome. This is a live show, and we know that I get things wrong sometimes. But I, I believe. That's okay. I believe he does mention the possibility of stepping away. I think he is asked about it, and I can't remember what his response is, but there were moments in that documentary where I'm just like, man, Cashman looks tired. He looks tired. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
So, you know, it'll be interesting to see. But I'm I'm more curious because you're a very you're a very smart sports fan. I mean, you're hosting this podcast for crying out loud. (laughs) Who do you think the Yankees would try to go out and get? Would they try to get Donnie baseball? Because I always thought I always found it odd that after Tory retired, they didn't even I mean I always thought like Don Mattingly's gonna be gonna get a shot somewhere down the line. He's got managerial experience and then and then you know he winds up with Joe Torrey on the Dodgers and then there and then he I'm trying to remember, but he's managed other teams. Didn't he manage Florida for a while? Yes, he 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 managed the Florida Marlins. I think right after his time with the Dodgers. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. And and I I don't I don't know if that went very well. Um, I can't remember his record as manager of the Marlins, but I think at that time they did not have a very talented team at all. Uh, so. You know, you got to put some of that on the manager. But I always Yankee. The Yankees have a propensity to go with Yankees legends or you know Yankees players or whoever. Um, I mean, they did it with Girardi. They did it with Boone. They did it with you know. They did it with uh, oh geez, why why am I why am I blanking on on him? Billy Martin? They've done yep. it. You know, they've done it a ton of times. Yep. Um, a lot of people pontificate that if Thurman Munson had had not died in that tragic plane crash, that he would have gone on to become manager of the Yankees at some point. They like to do that. Yeah. Uh, so, but who would you think that the Yankees would go get if they do, in fact, hashtag fire boot? <sighs> I know I put you on the spot if, this one. If he doesn't get fired during the season. If it's fired during the season, I think they they stay with one of their bench coaches as their uh, as a manager. Um, but if he is gone after the season, I think they do go after Mattingly. I think they might try to bring up Shelly Duncan, who's currently the AAA their their manager. Wow, in that's a blast from the past. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh man, part of that 2009 squad. Yeah. Um, gosh, I don't think they bring back a retread like like. Uh, so the, the 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 current trend in the NBA and the NHL is to bring back retreads oh, as yeah. coaches. Yeah. I mean, you've, you've, if you've been paying attention to the NBA and NHL coaching hirings, I mean, New York Rangers just brought back Peter Laviolette from 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 the shadow realm to coach their team. <laughs> so <laughs> so do they go after a retread? Do they bring in somebody who can bring a fresh perspective? Um, I would say I would have to say they'd probably bring in somebody fresh if if I'm if or they bring in a Yankees legend like Hal Steinbrenner usually like the Steinbrenners that's usually done yeah um, so I don't know I don't know they, 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 they might bring in Don I mean I wouldn't put it past them to bring Don Mattingly in he's a obviously a legendary Yankee still around yeah coaching for the enemy in Toronto right now but yeah. I wouldn't put it past them I wouldn't put it past the Steinbrenners to bring back a fan favorite uh, with Don Mattingly he had some he had decent amount of success in, in Dodger in, 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 uh, in uh, Los Angeles, not yeah. enough success in Miami because well, it's the Marlins. Yeah. Uh, although this year they're starting to turn it around. If you look at yeah, the they're standings, winning, they're, they're, winning they're in the wild card spot they're, right now. They're pitching. I don't know how they're winning the games, but we knew they had good pitching, pitching but pitching, but, pitching, pitching. <laughs> see, that just, that just shows how important it is. They have good pitching because they are also, they can't generate runs, but they're winning close games. They're winning like yeah, two to one. They're, 
they're 10 games above 500 and their run differential is a minus 18. <laughs> so a, a couple weeks ago on, on, on still man in the morning, I, I loosely meant, Oh, was it this program? I think it was this program. I mentioned about, I mentioned about, uh, Derek Jeter being a dumpster fire in Miami, to which oh. I say, to which I would I will apologize because apparently whatever plan he had in mind before he resigned as CEO of the Marlins is is working. Well, so yeah, he did. My hire, apologies. <laughs> he did hire uh, the current um, GM of the Marlins. I think her last name is Kim. I can't yes. I can't remember, uh, but she she's done a very good job so far. Um as far as I know, I'm not... Kim Ng is yes. the general. She's uh, she's the general manager of the Miami Marlins, so she's done a good job. I mean, with the Marlins, they ah, it's just so weird. This they could have they could have been more more successful. Right now, they're, they're averaging <laughs> slightly more than the Oakland A's in attendance at their yeah. home stadium, unless 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 like the Mets or the Yankees or the Red Sox or any northern team comes to town, and you get those those people coming out for it. But, yeah. All the retirees. Yeah. But yeah, Miami is a team to watch. Uh, we, I was very high in the pirates early in the year. Unfortunately, they're kind of starting to fade back, but O'Neill Cruz comes back very soon. Uh, the West can be won by either the Dodgers or the diamondbacks of all teams. Yeah. The diamondbacks, they're still doing it. They're another team with young, young talent, Corbin Carroll, that kid is unbelievable. He's gonna he's gonna easily do a 2020 season of 20 home runs and 20 steals. That is going to happen. He's already over 20 steals. He's just shy of 20 home runs. They've there's been some surprises this year, and overall in baseball as a trend, there's been a lot more running going on, a lot more stolen bases. Stolen yeah. bases pace is way up. And that's, I for that's one, a good thing. I think it's a good yeah, thing for baseball. Yeah. I was saying I, for one, am enjoying it a lot more. Yeah. I mean, the pitch clock has, I think has a lot to do with that because mm-hmm. you only get 20 seconds to throw off the mound and you can only throw uh, to first base. I think, I think you're limited to three times per at bat. I believe you can that's throw to first correct, base. Yeah. I'll have, to, I'll have to bring my I'll have to bring my my nephew Christian in sometime to correct us on that, but I'm pretty sure he has a lot to say about the baseball season. Uh, but we'll we'll try to get him on every so some sometime talk yeah. about baseball and the major league baseball season because he's we'll talk about somebody who knows a lot about baseball. He's dialed in, yeah. He's dialed in. He's all <laughs> in. All right, we're going to take a quick commercial break from our another sponsor at Belly Up Sports is, that is Manscaped. We'll talk. We'll talk briefly about the NBA Finals, the Stanley Cup Final, and and probably the best news item I've heard all week. So stick around for more. No crunches required. Spring has sprung, and our friends at Manscaped have the best tools for some spring cleaning. They've already helped you tidy up all the nooks and crannies of your body's basement. But this year, Manscaped can help you get the perfect presentation on that beautiful face with the new Beard Hedger Pro Kit. Make sure you look your best this spring by using code BELLY20 to get 20% off and free shipping at Manscaped.com. So tame your mane with the Beard Hedger Pro Kit. The sun is peeking back out, which means you'll have to show your face in the daylight again. So use the kit to make sure your scruff looks award-winning, whether you have glorious beard flow or some smooth, sleek cheeks. Save 20% off and free shipping with the code BELLY20 at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code BELLY20 at Manscaped.com. Focus on the face and use the Beard Hedger Pro Kit for the cleanest look in the game. 
That's right, folks. Use belly up t- belly twenty at promo at uh, promo code at checkout for twenty percent off any Manscaped product, whether it be the lawnmower four the beard hedger, which I fully endorse. It's looking or, good, man. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, or the Weed Whacker Nose Hair Trimmer. Uh, they also have a ver- wide variety of other products, such as the, uh, such as beard shampoo, beard conditioner, which I got in the Beard Hedger kit. There's also the ball conditioner. There's also the scrubber, the loof, the the, the new scrubber that they currently have, with a, which is a uh, silicone based product, so no germs, no bacteria growing in the loofah. Like if you have a loofah or a sponge, no bacteria. And other products they have at manscaped.com. So use promo code BELLY20 at checkout. You get 20% off your order and you get free shipping. So heck of a deal right there. And again, I endorse, I, I fully endorse the beard trimmer, uh, the beard hedge trimmer. It's an excellent product. I fully endorse it. It has the, it has the no credentials required seal of approval <laughs> i haven't broken out that one yet dustin <laughs> that's still that's still one of my all-time favorite clips <laughs> i will not make the sound <laughs> i got tricked into it i got tricked into making that sound at a party but that's uh, <laughs> a couple months back but anyway manscape.com belly 20 at checkout 20 percent off plus free shipping dustin we got touched briefly while you were away the NBA Finals and the Stanley Cup Final both wrapped up in pretty convincing fashion for yeah. both the Denver Nuggets and the Vegas Golden Knights. Congratulations to both franchises for winning their first championships ever. Uh, Dustin, what were your impressions from both finals? Well, let's see. The NBA Finals went almost exactly as we predicted. We, pred- I think both of us predicted that Miami would uh, – managed to take a game and they did but other than that um denver just did what we all thought they were going to do they they have Jokic, and they also played they also play good team basketball so you put those two things together and it's tough to beat um but the nhl finals I was surprised by the NHL finals now I know I had predicted that Vegas was going to win but I predicted Vegas in seven I thought mm-hmm. it was going to be a very I thought it was going to be a very hotly uh contested series, close series. Now, the Panthers have nothing to be ashamed of, but the no, the, the Golden not. Knights, the Golden Knights just peppered them with shots. And yep. it, and it just seemed like every time every time the Panthers would get some life in them, um Vegas would just take it back out and I think to my Less educated, you know, I'm not a ho- hockey expert. I like to watch it, especially the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I like that hockey night in Canada theme. It gets me jacked up sometimes on a Friday night. I'll <laughs> tune into the NHL network. But, oh, my my camera focusing. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I will say that I just felt like the Panthers, they had to play at 11 through the whole Stanley Cup playoffs, and I think by the time they got to the finals, whether they would admit it or not, they're just – I think they were tired. I mm. think they were a little mentally um, and perhaps physically uh, fatigued because the Golden Knights had some periods of rest, uh, whereas the Panthers were just – they were playing. With the exception of that that Toronto series, um, you know, they – 
they played their series, I think, were a little longer. I'm trying to remember. They they had to play a little bit more yeah, than the Golden they, Knights did. Yeah, they had to come back from a 3-1 deficit against Boston, who yeah. ran through the league this year, had the most points and the most wins ever for in a, in a regular season. Uh, they had the gentleman sweep against Carol uh, against uh, against Toronto. Yeah, they swept Carolina, but it was a deceptive sweep in yes. the fact that the first overtime, the first game was went to three overtimes, the second game went to overtime, the third game went to overtime. It was actually the last two games uh, didn't go to overtime, but they were one goal games. So, yeah, and like you said, by the time I thought they would the the advantage of the advantage that the Panthers would have would that is that they had they were well rested they had they had swept Carolina they had lots of time off to heal and get ready for whoever won the Western Conference final that went a little bit longer than I think a lot of people thought uh, with uh, Vegas beating Dallas in three and four in a in, in six games excuse me yeah and I thought the Panthers would actually give would would give the Golden Knights a fight. First two games looked like it was going to be a smooth. Then Panthers come back in game three. They win in overtime. They lose game four. Uh, they were trying to tie the game with second with, with less than a minute left and couldn't do it. And then finally, Vegas just splattered. Yeah. Game game five. Five by the tune of nine to three, which I believe is the second greatest, uh, second greatest deficit of a Stanley Cup final clinching game. Yeah, uh, the, the only team to do that had to have a greater total in a in a game in a in a game clinch in a cup clinching series was Pittsburgh in 1991 when they beat Minnesota eight to nothing in Game Six. <laughs> so, but yeah, like you said, Dustin, you could tell it, it, it was it was a lot for the Panthers because they had been going like you said they were at 11 from about mid March on. Yeah, going into the going into the playoffs having that great rally turnaround against Boston taking it to Toronto taking it to Carolina and then they like you said they ran out of gas against a very very good Vegas Golden Knights team by the way congratulations to Phil Kessel uh, for winning another Stanley Cup even though he barely made an appearance <laughs> in the playoffs but I'm you know we joke about Phil Kessel and I think I think I read about how about his thousandth game and all his antics like he's he doesn't look like he's a hard worker, but he is a hard worker. So yeah. I give it to him. He's been in the NHL for his longevity in the league has been is noted, um, even though he looks nothing like a hockey player, <laughs> uh, doughy and soft like the Pillsbury Doughboy. But <laughs> I gotta say, good on him for winning another Stanley Cup. Yeah, uh, yeah. So that well, that being said about the about the Stanley Cup final, the NBA finals. I think we're starting. I think we're gonna see a dynasty very soon in Denver. It it could be as a, as a Mavs fan in the West, I hope not, but I don't know who's going to stop them. I hey, good morning to Wise El Jefe. <laughs> good morning, sir. How are you? Oh, uh, I got I got I got to play that PSA in honor of him. <laughs> yeah. Excuse us folks, we have a PSA. The following is a public service announcement from Wise El Jefe. Boston. This has been a public service announcement from Wise El Jefe. <laughs> please continue <laughs> we do we do have some uh some friends of ours that are that are boston fans we'll have to you know if i have if i have you and some of the some of the boys over for uh for a game you know maybe put something on the smoker we'll have to play that for them 
<laughs> there there is a psa in response to that but no, I'll, okay. I'll, I'll try to get that one but yeah uh, we we're, we're, were talking about denver so go right ahead yeah but there's, i don't know there's wise <laughs> laugh emojis i don't know who's i don't know who's gonna beat them i i really because phoenix i don't know what to think about this bradley beal trade um mm. and even and Golden I, State and Golden State picked up Chris Paul. The, they the did of, the corpse of Chris Paul. Excuse yes, me. they did. And the, the the thing is, I like Chris Paul. I like the yeah. fact that he's fiery. I think he can still play, but he can't give them the type of minutes that he could have. And I think no, I think and he's always hurt when it comes to the and when it comes to the playoffs. Yes. He's always injured in the playoffs and can't contribute. Yes, that is, and and the thing is, like or contribute as well as he should. Sorry. And people are talking about the Clippers because Kawhi got his knee scuffed. No, there's. I don't think there's anybody. And there's going to be a surprise team. There always is. There's a surprise team that kind of comes out of nowhere and starts clicking. Um, and and I mean, you got to give it. I know. I know he's a. I know he's a, a somebody that we don't like to talk much on the show. But I mean, everybody wrote Say L.A. It. off, and Say they managed. It. <laughs> they managed to get in. Uh, With Yoke. Yeah. <laughs> Lyndon, Lyndon Baines Johnson and those boys, they got in there. <laughs> no, no, no. But, but, uh, but they got in there and they kind of like caught fire, you know, at points to get into the playoffs and then do some damage in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I just don't see who's better than Denver right now. And you go no. over to the East and I just – the. I just don't see who's going to be able to take them because uh, the Heat were a great team this year, and a lot of people, a lot of people were happy with what the Knicks did this year. But the Knicks need somebody else. The Knicks, they need, <laughs> yeah, they need somebody else, and and they they are a hard nosed team, and I'll I root for them a little bit because I I don't want to see them do bad, even though I'm a Mavs fan. But then also I see what Jalen Brunson is doing, and I can only imagine what it could have been like if we had kept Jalen Brunson. Yeah. Um, and, and, and Kyrie Irving who took your smile away is trying to recruit Yo Kang. To yeah. No, I, I mean, it's, he can't, he can't do it. He stole talking about going to the sh- talking about, talking about dragging somebody to the shadow realm. Kyrie I, Irving is doing just that. I know. I know. <laughs> he's I will ruining, say this, but, he's ruining Luca. He's ruining yeah. it. I will say this about Denver and I've heard this point several times and i'll reiterate on this program denver's oldest player is nikola Jokic. nikola Jokic is 28 years old everyone else on that team is 27 and younger yeah and they got, and they got some decisions to make with bruce brown going into free agency um i think they'll keep him i think they'll retain his his services uh, he was tremendous coming off the bench great defender gets a gets points in what gets points when they need points uh, but that core of of Jokic and Murray and and Brown and there's another player whose name escapes me. I'll go to the roster. Um, but it's it's going to be. I think Denver is. I think we're going to see. I. I mean, <clears throat> you're looking at the. Uh, you were mentioning the East, yeah. and who would be who would challenge a team like Denver for the next dynasty? I think Milwaukee. Would do that. The only reason why Milwaukee got beat by, I think, the primary reason why Milwaukee got beat in the first round of the playoffs is because everybody, Chris Middleton was injured and Giannis Giannis was injured. He yeah. injured his tailbone in week in game one. 
I did forget so, about Giannis's injury. Um, you know, uh, and Contavious that, Caldwell Pope. That's who I was looking for. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. yeah. So Nikola Jokic, Aaron Gordon, Michael Porter Jr., Contavious Caldwell Co- uh, Caldwell Pope, and uh, Jamal Murray. I mean, that's a great core to work with. Yeah, you have a great, and you have a pretty good bench as well. Uh, like I mentioned, like I mentioned, uh, 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 Bruce Baker coming off the coming off the bench and being the player that he is. So, so it's going to be interesting to see what they do to retain him. Uh, they do some creative cap, oh, uh, creative cap uh, manipulation like they do with the NHL. Um, yeah, but. It'll be interesting. I, I think. I think. I think that we're going to see Denver, that particular team, going to be. They're going to be contenders for quite a while. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And I think. And I think the big thing for me is that Denver has. Jokic is a star. He's a bona fide star. Absolutely. And Denver has other players that that are that are maybe not quite on his level, but they're very, very, very good. But the difference is they know how to play together. Denver is not one of these teams that, and I mean, hell, as we've, as we've discussed many times on the show, my Mavericks tried to do it. Okay. Pair Luca with another star and it's going to be great. It wasn't great. You know, narrator, it was not great. (laughs) And then the, and then the, and then the Clippers from a few years back, Oh, let's put Kawhi Leonard with Paul George with, I can't remember who their third banana was at that time, but that has not worked. Uh, Denver is a team. It's a real team. They've got yeah. they've got one bona fide star and a few really 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 good other players. Aaron Gordon is no slouch. No. Uh, but but the thing is they know how to play with each other. Yeah. A lot of these a lot of these like two to three man, okay, let's get some all-stars and pair them together. That doesn't work. That mm-hmm. doesn't work. It works nope. from time to time. Mm-hmm. I mean, Miami had their run but also, I think many would argue they didn't win as much as people thought they could have. And that's my Dallas Mavericks led by Dirk Nowitzki beat them when they when yep. they had their three-headed monster there. Now, part of that was health. Poor Chris mm-hmm. Bosch, he had those health issues that ultimately forced him to retire. Yeah. And it and and health is health is the bugaboo that can derail everybody's plans. I was watching yep. Another 30 for 30 is getting a lot of run on this show. I was watching another yeah, right? great, great. You're welcome, ESPN. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was watching another great 30 for 30 last night, uh, The Luckiest Man in the World. And yep. I was – I knew that Walt, Bill Walton had a lot of injury problems, but I did not realize just how many he had in his yeah. feet. The man, The man can barely walk now, and there are people in – Larry Bird said – uh, on that documentary, because Bill Walton famously he played for that '86 Celtics team, and Bill and uh, Larry Bird said, had Bill Walton not gotten hurt and had had been healthy, there's no telling how good he could have been. That's how good he was. And there was talk that there was going to be a dynasty in Portland uh, after they won it in, I believe, '79, '77. Oh, '77. My apologies. Um, but zero was born. So, yeah, you got it. (laughs) That's how I know. But, but Walton's health really derailed part of that. So, you know, you just never know what can happen, but I don't see anything getting in, in Denver's way. I really don't No, And going back to the NHL, 
I think the NHL really needs to address the cap situation with the cap manipulation because we saw it in 2021 with the Tampa Bay Lightning that the one of their best players had been out for the rest for a majority of the season uh, with uh, he had after he had hip surgery comes back for the playoffs Tampa Bay goes on that magical run when the 20 when their second consecutive Stanley Cup and I'm trying to remember the who who the player was off the top of my head by Nikita Kucherov Nikita Kucherov he was injured most of 2021 came back and during the playoffs Lightning won their second consecutive Stanley Cup. Same thing happened with the Vegas Golden Knights this year. Mark Stone's out for the majority of the year, comes back in the playoffs. They go on their run. The NHL, I think, really needs to address this issue of cap manipulation, particularly going into the playoffs. And yes, while it's great, to, while it's great to have your best players healthy for a loaded Stanley to load up for a Stanley Cup run, but there needs to be limits as to what as to eligibility for uh particular players especially if they're one of their one of their best players in their team the lightning managed to do it uh actually both uh, both in in their in their three stanley cup runs vegas did it this year there's got to be some sort of there's got to be some sort of system uh where with eligibility as to how many games you have to play to be eligible for the playoffs uh, and Mark Mark Stone, like I said, great player as he had, as he as he was, had a great playoff. I believe he's one of the top five leading scorers in the playoffs this year. Jonathan Marchessault won winning this the Conn Smythe Trophy. Although I think Aiden Hill should have had some consideration as well with his with his spectacular goal, playing goal. But I I think this is going to come to a head at some point with eligibility and player and players not playing enough games in the regular season only to come back in the postseason and help their team go into a Stanley cup run. My opinion. Mm-hmm. My opinion. I think, I think that's something because, you know, like you said, it should be, it should be a rule of eligibility or a certain number of games because he, you know, it just having, having somebody come in at the 11th hour and then, Hey, you know, it always, it always feels kind of, yeah. That's what the trade deadline's for. Yeah, that's what the trade deadline is supposed to do is to uh, is to add players on for a Stanley Cup run. Like you don't put your best players on the shelf for the majority of the season only to have them come in and then join them in the Stanley Cup playoffs to go on the run. And Mark Stone only played seventeen regular season games, uh, but he played. I'm sorry. He played 43 regular season games, shutting it down, coming back and then playing 22 Stanley and playing almost half the amount of games in the Stanley Cup final. Uh, and he was, like I said, he was one of the leading scorers. He had 11 goals and 13 assists in 22 games, which is a rather good number. I won't lie. He definitely <laughs> contributed. He definitely contributed to the biggest Golden Knight success. And this is not, this is this is not sour grapes. This is not. Fake, this is not tears. Yeah. This is just me saying, look, we have to come to a consensus on some, on a, I wouldn't say some a fair parameters. word, some parameters. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Some parameters on eligibility on being able to play in the Stanley Cup final. Now, would, if Mark Stone was out, would it have been the same result? I don't know. That's what the playoffs are for. It's anybody can win. Uh, it, once the teams are decided, anybody's, it's anybody's game. It's oh, anybody's yeah. game. So, <laughs> And that's so truly that's why it's the best playoff series in sports. I will it's say the, that. It's always. the most wonderful time of the sports year. Mm-hmm. 
as I said, as I've said many times before. <laughs> yes, I, I would agree. Now, we may have a debate about this later because there's a lot of people that say October is the best month of the sports calendar. But I've always well, said it's April and slash May. Well, we, we may have to have that debate soon, but considering it's a sports, it's a slow sports time of the year right now with NFL cams start spotting to start in July. Mm-hmm. NBA, NHL are over. The only thing we really have is baseball right now, and yeah, baseball is great, but you can only you can only do so much with baseball. So we may have to have some debates with some evergreen topics coming up uh, before the NFL season ramps up in September yeah. when we when we move to Tuesday nights uh, yes. for our live streams. Yes, because of my bowling league. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I'm gonna say mostly because of football, but yeah, yeah, your yeah. bowling yeah. league too. All right, for the last. Oh, you don't want to you don't want to do an episode at midnight on Monday <laughs> after Monday night football ends. Gross. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we're gonna move on to our last topic of our Saturday brunch edition of No Credentials Required. I'm gonna put. I'm just gonna say it. <laughs> we're gonna have a nerd fight folks elon musk mark zuckerberg mark zuckerberg mark zuckerberg mark zuckerberg and a possible mma match <laughs> dustin oh man i got a lot of thoughts about this give us your thoughts <laughs> first off i can't believe that this is real i can't even believe <laughs> but they both agreed to it it could they happen did. They and did. I'm telling you right now, I will say it on these very airwaves. If this fight happens, I am buying the pay-per-view. You're yes. coming over to the house. I'm getting people. We're doing this. But here's here's my thoughts. My money is on Zuckerberg for this one. I think he's I think he's been he's been training. He's been doing some things. I think he's just weird enough. He's got that empty look in the eyes. I think he could hurt somebody. And and I hope. I hope to God, I hope to God that that uh, Sweet Baby Ray's sponsors him. And I hope he comes out with <laughs> bottles of barbecue sauce and he's got his capes on. I, I want to see this. I want to see this. And do you think, do you think that, uh, you know, Elon would develop some sort of like Tesla cycle or something that he could ride to the ring a la the Undertaker in the uh, let, early 2000s. Let me let me answer that question just a second. We had Josh Mahler from the from the aforementioned Mahler Brothers Golf. Josh, I'm wearing your shirt, buddy. So <laughs> he asks, can we see him? And I'm not sure if he, if, if uh, we're talking about Zuckerberg or Elon Musk. So Josh, if you want to clarify that, can we see him versus Conor McGregor, please? <laughs> Well, you see, speed, speed, fo- speed beats everything. Speed, f- I'm gonna fight you. Um, so I'll give you the his. I'll give a, go over the history of this. So apparently, Elon Musk had heard that Meta, which is Mark Zuckerberg's company, they own Facebook, yeah, is developing a contri- a competitor to Twitter. And somebody had asked about this and asked him if he wanted to fight Mark Zuckerberg, and he said, "Yeah, I, I." I'm in, cage, I'm in for a cage match if he is, because he sent he sent and sent uh, send tweet uh, to which Mark Zuckerberg replied, uh, channeling his uh, inner Khabib Nurmagomedov uh, on Instagram. He says, "Send me location." See, that's why. That's why my money. Uh, thanks, on Josh. <laughs> Look, versus McGregor and the polo looks great. Thanks, Josh. I appreciate you, and thanks for sending this out. I, I do appreciate it. Yeah. 
But that's that's why my money's on Zuckerberg. Have you ever seen the picture of Zuckerberg jet skiing with a full face of zinc on his face, like a like an absolute yes, he's very psychopath. Pale. He's more pale than me. He's like Data from uh, Star Trek: The Next Generation. Yeah. Allegedly, that's I mean, his dad. It, it's that's, I would not want to mess with him. I'll tell you so, that. So after Zuckerberg sends his response of "send me location," Data White enters the chat. And says, "Yeah, we UFC. We want to host the fight. It's a money. It's a money maker. You, are you kidding me? So here, I, I want to give you the fight credentials for both men. So Zuckerberg, he practices Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Yeah. Uh, Musk uh, reportedly practices several martial arts, including judo, kyokushin, karate, and taekwondo. Uh, he also says that I've been in many fights growing up in South Africa. I've also been in many fights growing up in South Africa." So the tale of tape is you got two guys who know their martial arts. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Zuck being a Zuck being a uh, submission specialist. And you've got <laughs> Elon Musk, who is the strike specialist between yeah. Kushin Karate and Taekwondo uh, and Judo, because you use some strikes in Judo to, to flip your, and you can also take down your opponent. So I think it's oh, going to yeah. be, you know, I'm definitely paying for this match if it happens. Oh, yeah, I'm no, telling I don't you. Know if the, I don't know if the proceeds are going to go to cha- like a charity. This is like a charity bout, or this is just for fun, or if this is this is this is actually real and the two actually literally hate each other. Uh, but this is a, and it's a genuine grudge match. But yeah, I'm I'm I'd be entertained to see how this nerd fight goes. I mean, this, these are two nerds who actually know how to fight. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. I would. And I, and I would imagine just by looking, just by looking that I, uh, I don't have their stats side by side, but I would imagine that Musk has a weight advantage and Zuckerberg has a reach advantage and possible height advantage. That's what I'm, that's what I'm going with here, but I don't know. Um, but I'm telling you sweet baby rays, if they don't reach out to Zuckerberg and tell them like, so- Hey, we're gonna so, we're gonna put you to the ring. We're gonna get you to the cage in a sweet baby Ray's robe and cape. Like we're gonna and in this corner representing Meta, Mark, sweet baby Mark Zuckerberg. In this corner representing Twitter. Oh man, Elon, and Tesla. Sound sound of South Africa, Musk. The sound of South Africa. So uh, I'm looking at the tail of tape right now. Physically, um, Elon Musk is six one, and Mark Zuckerberg is only five eight. Oh wow! So, so Musk has the reach advantage. Yeah, I guess so. He's got the height and the reach. Got the See, height and the reach that. advantage. I wouldn't have thought that because Zuckerberg looks lankier, so you think so, he's taller, but he's not. Yeah, no. But Zuckerberg would have to go get inside of uh, Elon. Elon's mm-hmm. punches to manage to get him on the ground to manage to uh, grapple him and get on the ground. So yeah. So I'm I'm looking forward to this fight. I, I really hope Dana White can make this happen. Maybe oh, again, yeah. like I said, maybe we could do this for charity. You know, Donate, donate money to a really good charity, um, not like a crap charity. Um, not that all charities are crap, but um, Charity Navigator will tell you which ones are crap. Yeah. <laughs> which yeah. ones go to the actual operating cost, which ones go to the operating cost, and which ones actually goes out and does effective work. But I'm looking forward to this, Dustin. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Me too. I Like I said, if if this fight happens, I'm buying it, and we're having we're having people over. We're we're making food because apparently that's what I do when I have people over. I'm like, I gotta make food. Oh yeah, uh, I'm I'm bringing the beer. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) 
but uh, yeah, I would be if this actually happens. This is gonna this is gonna break all sorts of records. For sure, for sure. All right, let's wrap things up here for no uh, on this edition of No Credentials Required Saturday brush, Brunch Edition. I uh, just want to mention our social media channels, which are right down here below: Twitter, Instagram, and the scarcely used TikTok. It's at No Creds Req. Facebook.com forward slash No Creds Req. YouTube.com forward slash at No Creds Req. If you're watching on the replay, please make sure to smash that like button and smash responsibly. On the podcast side, on audio, subscribe to us on a myriad of podcast networks and platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Google Play, iHeart. Tune in wherever you podcast. Give us a, give us a, give us a listen. Give us a listen. Subscribe, rate, and review. Five stars would be helpful. Review because it helps us get the word out to other people who might be interested in listening to this particular podcast. And if you leave a review, we might even read it on the air. Dustin, any last words before we conclude this edition? Well, just a quick one. I'm wearing a shirt for my friend's band called the Gherkins. I am a sometime member of the Gherkins. Nice. Their logo is a cool spaceman. I'm not going to get up and stand up because I think my camera will autofocus. But go check them out on any streaming platforms. They've got some albums on there. The Gherkins. This is how it's spelled. Go, go, Go give them a shout. It's G-H-E-R-K-I-N-S. Spin their records. There he is, the, the Gherkins. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't be a jerk. Listen to don't be a jerkin. Listen to the Gherkins. Oh, that's a good one. That's yeah, a good one. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so this concludes this edition of No Credentials Required, where you don't need a press pass to talk sports. We are presented by Belly Up Sports in addition, in association, excuse me, with Godzilla Media here in the 518. For Dustin Henry, I'm Ryan McCarthy. Thanks for joining us this Saturday morning, and we'll see you on Monday night at our usual time, 8 p.m. Eastern time. So until then, take care. Good morning, everybody. (laughs) 